Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is Beauty and the Invisible Beast, an interview with fashion blogger Kelly Bibza. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Kelly Bibza is a fashion and wellness influencer from suburban Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. In 2018, she started her fashion blog, Dress Well, Be Well, to share her tick disease story, spread awareness, and fill others with hope. Kelly Bibza's tick disease symptoms began to surface during her childhood, and her battle with the invisible disease lasted for over 20 years until a family member recommended that she be tested for Lyme disease. Kelly Bibbs's healing journey took a positive turn when she utilized holistic alternative therapies such as the autoimmune paleo diet, two herbal therapies, and then experienced great results with a laser therapy protocol. In August 2018, Mrs. Bibbs's health improved enough to allow her to merge her Lyme disease life lessons with her passion for the fashion industry. She first started a beautifully written and inspirational blog. She also developed an Instagram that has attracted over 12,000 followers. With her social media, Mrs. Bibza has inspired those who are suffering to retain hope and never to give up on themselves. Kelly, can you please describe your life before you were sick? Sure. Um, as a child, I did a lot of different kinds of activities. Um, I really enjoyed dance. I took tap, ballet, jazz, acrobats. I was also involved in softball and tennis, swimming, and I had fun like playing with my friends in the neighborhood. We like to play in the woods, of course. <laughs> just just an active kid. Can you describe when you started to feel sick? Yeah, I didn't really start to feel like a lot of sickness, but I did have a lot of joint pain when I was 12. So in my dance classes, I was struggling. I, my knees would hurt all the time. And so my mom took me to you know, our pediatrician and then he sent us over to an orthopedic doctor. And he told me that I had Osgood slaughters, which is kind of just like a growing pain disease that um, a lot of adolescents get. So I had, you know, orthotics and I would wear um, knee braces when I went to dance class and everything. But, you know, the pain never really went away. It was just kind of dull and always present. So I just, you know, sometimes it wasn't present, but if it was, I would just kind of, you know, just keep pushing through it. And at about age 15, some more new symptoms started to occur. Can you describe those, please? Sure. Um, when I was 15, I had a really, really severe case of anemia. So um, my menstrual periods were extremely heavy. Um, I had just so much blood loss that my you know, hemoglobin and iron levels were really extremely low. My doctor even said to me, like, I don't know how you're walking around right now. This is the lowest I've ever seen. So I had to end up staying home from school for a couple weeks. I did get out of gym class for most of the rest of the year, which I wasn't too, you know, unhappy about. But, um, but I did have to um, end up quitting my dance classes because I just couldn't handle any, you know, of the physical exercise I would pass out like I would pass out if I was just washing my hair in the shower that much you know energy expelling just you know made me pass out so um, it really changed my life because dance was so so important to me and it was just the way that I expressed myself and had fun with my friends and it's something that I you know had hoped I would do for the rest of my life sometimes so it was kind of a major major loss. But, um, you know, then I just kind of found other activities that I could be involved in, like theater and show choir and things like that, where I didn't have to be quite so physical. 
So Kelly, despite the severe joint pain and the anemia and your fainting spells and the extreme fatigue, were you able to work as a teenager? Yeah, I did actually. Um, I had my first job at Oshkosh Bukash at our outlet mall in Grove City. Um, but I would I had have, have to be on my feet all day long. And I was only 16 years old, but I would come home and my knees and my hips especially would just be aching so much. And I would just feel like so exhausted and strung out. And I would feel like really stressed out by the end of the day. And, you know, when it was happening to me, I, I just thought like, wow, I don't really like this job at all. But now that I'm older and, you know, I have more experience under my belt, I look back on that time and I realize like, wow, that, that was really not normal for a 16 year old to feel just, you know, working a, a pretty easy job at an outlet mall. So, um, you know, now I realized I was probably pretty probably a lot sicker then than I realized that I was. Kelly, all of your childhood pursuits seem to have been in the arts. Was that something that you were pursuing because of your career aspirations? Yeah, I've always enjoyed art. It's music. It's just, um, you know, just part of who I am. It's how I express myself. And um, I just really love, you know, the beauty of it. So um, I saw myself definitely doing something creative and artistic with my life. I wasn't ever exactly sure, you know, just what that was, but I started college um, as an art major and, uh, you know, I was really interested in fashion. So my cousin actually had me as a shoe model for a company that she was the marketing director for. And I would get to go to New York and Las Vegas, the different fashion shows with her and, so that opened my eyes to the fashion industry, and um, it really inspired me to go and get my business degree with hopes of maybe, you know, getting into the fashion industry um, after graduation. What aspirations did you have for your family life? Well, I definitely always saw myself getting married and having children. You know, I've always pictured myself kind of having um, a couple, at least a couple kids and you know, just a happy, happy family life. So did your illness progress to the point where it began to interfere with both your professional and personal goals? Um, yes, absolutely. I, after I graduated from college, I was struggling a lot with the IBS and with, especially with anxiety and depression as well. So I didn't really, you know, chase after my dreams and I was so fatigued. So it just, everything just felt like such a huge hurdle to overcome. And so I didn't really, you know, go after that. But shortly, you know, after I graduated from college, a few years after, um, I got really sick with the autoimmune disease. And so I ended up having to quit my job and I haven't worked in outside of the home for a really long time. So you know, all of my career aspirations <laughs> never really got off the ground. So Kelly, I have to ask, all throughout high school and college, when your symptoms were getting worse and worse and worse, did your doctors still attribute all of those symptoms to anemia? Not necessarily, no. When I went to the doctor um, in college, I had, you know, I was struggling with fatigue and anxiety and depression. And I had started, you know, eating disorder habits that I, you know, were really difficult for me. And so they 
suggested that I see a psychiatrist. So um, I went on antidepressants, anti-anxiety medications, then like ADHD medications because I struggled so much with concentrating in school. Well, Kelly, we, we've conducted scores of interviews, not only on our podcast, but in some of the pre-podcast interviews. And the pattern that you're outlining is a pattern that we've seen and heard over and over again, which sort of begs the question, did anyone ever suggest to you that Lyme was a possibility? No. <laughs> no, nobody actually suggested that until I had crashed and was very, very sick. And I saw my aunt at, over at my parents' house one night, and she is um, an RN. And she said, you know, I told her everything that was going on, and, and she said, that sounds like Lyme disease. And you know, that was kind of the first time that I was like, oh my gosh. So that was only four years ago. Um, it was before, you know, it was a few months before I got the Lyme diagnosis. So it was right after my body had crashed after the autoimmune disease. So it, yeah, I mean, it was pretty late in life to be hearing that for the first time. <laughs> I know you had some issues with your liver as well. Can you describe that? Sure. So in my mid-20s, I was having a lot of urinary tract infections, kidney infection. That got me hospitalized. So I was definitely having like pain and fatigue and a lot of digestive problems. But I was just, at this point, I was just living with it. Like that was my normal life. And then one day at work, I just went completely jaundice. And one of my coworkers was like, oh, my gosh, like you're really yellow. And so I went to the doctor and it, you know, took a lot of testing for them to kind of get on the right track of what they thought it was. So then I had a liver biopsy done and they told me that I had autoimmune hepatitis. So autoimmune hepatitis is just chronic inflammation of the liver. It's like an autoimmune response. It's not a viral form of it. So, you know, we were just always kind of wondering what is causing this chronic inflammation of my liver to be like this because it lasted. I had that for like five and a half, almost six years where my liver enzyme levels were close to a thousand and the normal range is in the twenties. So I was put on um, prednisone, like at one point, I was taking 60 milligrams of prednisone every day um, and really high doses of immunosuppressants to suppress my immune system so that, like, in their minds, so that my immune system would stop attacking my liver, causing the chronic inflammation. But neither the steroids or the immunosuppressants ever reduced that inflammation. My levels remained very high for a very long time. So at the end of, like, five and a half years, they were like, Finally, they said, you know, the steroids and immunosuppressants aren't working. We think you're going to have to go on the liver transplant list. And so I was just like 30 years old at the time, and that really scared me. So I started to do my own research. And one night I was awake, and I was in a Facebook support group for autoimmune hepatitis. And I'm so thankful um, somebody else had posted about how they read the book called Cheering Courtney. And it's a, it's a book by Denise Otten, and she helped her daughter get into remission using a natural protocol. It was developed by Dr. Bert Berkson, and it uses alpha-lipoic acid to help regenerate the liver cells and bring the inflammation down. 
So I read that book. I contacted Denise right away and we started working together. She's a health coach. And I also started the autoimmune paleo diet, which removes like grain, dairy, gluten, sugar, anything processed, soy from your diet to really help bring the inflammation in your gut and everything down. So I started this protocol with her and the diet. And within two weeks, my liver enzymes started to drop. And it was a bigger drop than I'd ever seen on the steroids or the immunosuppressant. So I kept going. And within six months, um, I was completely in remission from the autoimmune hepatitis on the natural protocol. So it was pretty amazing. I I never thought it would ever happen, but it did. And I, I'm so thankful to this day for Denise and for the woman who posted in that group. Kelly, do you, do you think that taking the immunosuppressants and the steroids looking back today had a negative impact on your health, understanding that you had Lyme disease all along? Absolutely. Yeah. I think for sure that it made the Lyme disease just progress. And if anything, you know, and being on steroids for that long does so much damage to your adrenals and it causes a lot of candida in your gut. So now I, you know, I have major adrenal fatigue. I have mold issues, you know, and obviously my immune system is very suppressed. I have viral, viral issues going on and I struggle a lot with my immune system. So yeah, I think those were actually to my detriment. So now you, you started this vitamin and mineral protocol and felt a lot better and your liver was doing a lot better after six months. Can you describe your health after that? Yeah. So after that, I started to wean off of the steroids. And at that point, I noticed like I was working out a lot and I had lost 60 pounds because I was weaning off of the steroids. The steroids make you gain a lot of weight. So I thought that I was getting in the best shape of my life. And, but then I started feeling this fatigue the lower I got on the steroids. So um, eventually I got completely off of them. But within a couple months was when my body completely crashed. And I just started having all of the crazy symptoms that come with Lyme, like the fatigue, the just crippling fatigue, the joint pain, the memory loss the insomnia, like the chronic migraine headaches, you know, just feeling so heavy. And it, it was just like nothing else I'd ever imagined possible was happening in my body. Kelly, can you share with us how you finally received a diagnosis of Lyme disease? Sure. So I went to my PCP first and they ran all kinds of tests, x-rays, um, they did a blood culture, and they all the time though they never tested me for Lyme. And eventually, I asked them to, and they told me that um, if Lyme was present, it would show up on the blood culture. So he concluded that I just had thyroid disease, hypothyroidism, but I knew from my symptoms and from everyone else that I had spoken with that had been affected by Lyme that like this was much bigger than my thyroid. And I even actually went to an endocrinologist and she told me the same thing. She said, you're only slightly hypothyroid and your symptoms just don't align with hypothyroidism. So I went on to seek help from an integrative doctor and they ran very in-depth testing on me and they are the ones who found, well, I had three titers on my Western blot. So they said that if you have three titers, then you have most likely been exposed to Lyme disease. And 
you know, the more research that I did, I felt the same way. I did have an Igenix test. It came back the exact same way. So they, you know, told me I could go on antibiotics, but I had done my own research and felt that, you know, at this point, the antibiotics probably weren't going to be very effective. And if I just went on long-term antibiotics, I would probably end up, you know, ruining my gut and inflaming my liver problem again. So I was looking for something more natural. Denise, who actually helped me get into remission from the autoimmune hepatitis, she told me about a doctor in New York City, and his name is Dr. Zhang. He has a clinic there in New York City where he treats Lyme disease and he treats HIV too. So I started with him. He looked over all of my information and kind of gave me, I guess, a clinical diagnosis and said that he thought that I definitely had Lyme disease. So I started his herbal protocol. How long were you on that herbal protocol for? I was on that protocol for 10 months. It was very difficult. (laughs) It definitely, I think it definitely like saved my life, but it was very difficult at the same time. Um, I had terrible herxing reactions. Every time that I would try to increase a dose of something, I would uh, just totally crash or I, you know, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't move. I was in so much pain. You know, it was clear that my body wasn't detoxing uh, the herbal protocol very well. But I stuck with it for 10 months, just kind of hoping to keep seeing changes. And I did see some good changes, but eventually I plateaued at that 10-month mark, and I was ready to find something else. And what is what else did you find after you completed your 10-month herbal protocol? So um, I went to a different wellness center and I tried another (laughs) herbal protocol and that one was actually even worse for me. I had the worst reaction I've ever had um, when I tried the cat's claw. I don't know if you guys have tried that, but it it was really, really rough on me. So I had to stop that and, you know, I was just kind of desperate and feeling hopeless because I didn't know what else to do. So. My husband is a real estate agent and he was showing homes one day to a girl that lives in our area and she said that her daughter had Lyme disease and she was raising money actually at the time for her to go and receive a treatment in Connecticut um, by a doctor who uses a laser protocol. And so my husband reached out to that woman and she told us that her daughter was doing amazingly well and that protocol with the laser is just fabulous and everyone that she knows that goes there gets so much better so she said that the doctor was kind of like you know a little bit hush about it because he didn't necessarily you know want all the attention and you know what can come with that if you're doing alternative treatments sometimes you know people can misconstrue things and you can end up getting you know in trouble for it so she told us that she would call him and get us on the list and so she did, and we had about a six-month wait, and during that time, um, I wasn't doing any treatment at all. It was absolutely terrifying because it was like the sickest I have ever been in my life. I just emotionally, I was in the darkest place. I, I just didn't know if I would live to get to the doctor's office. I didn't know, you know, what if it doesn't work? I'm putting all of my hope into this, and if it doesn't work, what then? Um, I just kind of felt, you know, like, I don't know if I can live the rest of my life this way. You know, I didn't want to die by any means, but it was just such a, such an emotional time where I just 
didn't know what was going to happen to me. So how did, how did the laser treatment uh, help you? The laser treatment has helped me enormously. Um, I'm able to walk around again. I have much, much less pain, much less fatigue. I still do struggle with some fatigue, but I think it's mostly from other things that are going on in my body at the moment. But um, I feel clear in my mind. I just don't feel like I, the Lyme is currently present. Kelly, can you describe what actually occurred during the laser procedure and talk more about that? Yes. So this is not, I mean, it's a little bit complicated, but okay. So I always like to start out by telling people, you know how when an opera singer hits a really high note and she shatters a wine glass. So when she does that, then the frequency of her note matches the frequency of the glass. So whenever they match, the glass explodes. So this laser treatment is very similar to that. So what he does is he has the codes in a laser, like every frequency for every strain of Lyme and co-infection that he is aware of that exists. And so he will use applied kinesiology to test you for each strain and each co-infection. And then he will use the laser to match he sets it to match that frequency of each strain and then he will use the laser over every organ and tissue where he's found that strain so he'll just go over all of those areas until he muscle tests you again and it's no longer present kelly can you tell us what an applied kinesiology test is Yes. So it's testing your muscles and you're letting your body tell you whether you are testing positively for something or not. So what he does is like he will test first the back of your head where your brain is just to make sure that you are testable and that your your body is responding properly. So you just hold out your arm and he has his fingers on your arm and then he'll put his other hand back behind your head. And if he presses on your arm and you, your arm, like it just goes weak. It's the weirdest thing. Like he's not like, he's not really pressing on you. He's just kind of like touching you. And if it goes completely weak, then that means that you are symptomatic or positive for something. But if your arm, if you're able to hold your arm strong against his fingers, then that means that, you know, you're good. You're, you're not presenting symptoms of that. It really is a painless yeah. test. It's a pretty simple painless test to identify what strains of Lyme disease and, and other diseases you may have. So um, what he would do is he would set the laser to each frequency of each individual strain, and then he would shine it on you, and you just hold out your arm, and if your arm would go weak whenever you know, he would try to just gently press on it, then that would mean that you'd test positive for that strain. But if you're able to hold your arm strong, then that strain is not present in your body. When the doctor completed his testing, uh, did he tell you how many different strains of Lyme you were suffering from and how many different co-infections? Yes. So he told me that I had 14 different strains of Lyme itself. So he said that I had some strains that were present about 20 years ago, 20 or more years ago, and some that were just now present in the last 10 years. So he kind of concluded that, you know, it's possible I had either been born with it or that I had been bit early in my life and just never saw a tick, never saw a rash. 
and possible that I had been exposed a second time in the last 10 years. I'm curious how you felt after the procedure. So when this was all over, after the two weeks that you were there getting these eight treatments of the laser therapy, how did you feel right afterwards? Pretty miserable. <laughs> there is a lot of toxic die-off, just as there is with any other protocol, like herbal or antibiotics. So I was hurting pretty badly. It took about three months for the worst of that to subside, but um, I, I noticed significant changes around the three-month mark. We went actually to Hawaii, and I was walking through the sand, which was just such an amazing moment because just months before, weeks before I went to have that treatment, we went to the beach and I wasn't able to walk through the sand. And it was just a really, really difficult time for me. So I I definitely saw the transformation. So you went from barely being able to walk around your house to being able to go to Hawaii and walk around the beach. That's a a really great transformation. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it, it was incredible. How long ago was this procedure, the laser procedure? That was in September of 2017. So since then, have you progressively been getting better and better and better? Yeah. I, you know, just this spring, I guess, have been taking my dog on walks. And, you know, last year I was able to walk him a little bit, but it was still difficult for me. I couldn't go very far. I couldn't go up the hill. You know, I'd have a lot of pain in my head and just fatigue. Still, but you know, I just took my dog out today and we probably went for about a 25 minute walk and we went up two large hills and you know, I'm feeling pretty good right now. So it's, I can just tell the progression is definitely going in the right direction. I think that's such an inspiration for so many other Lymies out there because when you're in the throes of it, you just think you're never going to get better. And looking back mm-hmm. today where you were, I think you can appreciate how far you've come, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes it's really hard to see those things, uh, you know, on a day to day basis. And you just kind of feel like, man, like, I'm just not getting any better. I'm still so tired and all this. But, you know, if you actually look back on how you were a year ago, you, you will see those small changes, but eventually those small changes add up. And, you know, you can do so much more than you used to be able to. Can you tell us how far along you were in your healing journey when you began your fashion blogging and Instagram? Sure. I started the blog in August of 2018. So I'm not even a year in yet, but I started it because I just at the time was feeling like I was ready to do something you know that I was passionate about. And I had done so much focus on healing and different protocols and things. And I just felt like okay, I'm ready to not stop doing those things, but I'm ready to do something else with my time that, you know, giving back to others, but also doing something that I love, which is fashion. So I started the blog, you know, fashion has been just something along the way that has brought me a lot of joy. Um, You know, when you're feeling really sick and awful, you know, it's just nice sometimes to put on something pretty and just, you know, for a moment, just feel a little more beautiful than the way that you're feeling inside. So I just wanted to be able to share my love of fashion and hopefully reach out to other people in the Lyme community, the autoimmune disease community, just chronic illness in general, really, and just share my story and share what I'm going through and hopefully help other people and maybe inspire them to keep hope and hold on. Well, you've certainly done that and you've inspired us, which is why we asked you to 
join us on our uh, podcast because your your Instagram is a beautiful Instagram and your blog is a very very powerful blog. We were both really moved by your blog, especially your your Lyme story. So thank you for doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you um, giving me an opportunity to share my story here with you today. It meant a lot. Thank you for listening to the Tick Boot Camp interview with guest Kelly Bibza. To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you would like to learn more about Kelly Bibza and her tick disease journey, please visit her Instagram at dresswellbewell or her lifestyle blog, dresswellbewell. Second, if you enjoy this episode of the Tick Boot Camp podcast interview with Kelly Bibza, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons at the bottom of the post. Third, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates for our Tick Boot Camp podcast. And finally, please take a minute to leave us an honest review and rating on iTunes. This is a new effort on our part, and we could really use your help in creating a show you would like to listen to. We make it a point to read every single one of your reviews. Thank you for listening.